Next in Marketing is sponsored by Zephyr. Don't rely on open WAN brand safety solutions for the walled gardens. Zephyr's new measurement suite, Atrium, was built exclusively for walled gardens like Meta, TikTok, and YouTube to give full transparency into brand safety and suitability, all aligned to the GARM standards. This week on Next in Marketing, I spoke with Erica Patrick. She's the SVP and Director of Paid Social Media at Media Hub Worldwide. Erica gave her take on why we're seeing such a big slowdown in spending on platforms like Meta and Snap, and why she doesn't think everyone should simply just copy TikTok to fix their problems. Erica and I also dug into the state of brand safety and why some marketers may have to simply accept that they'll never fully have control over where their ads are running. Let's get started. Everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Next in Marketing. My guest this week is Erica Patrick. She's the SVP of Director and Director of Paid Social Media at Media Hub Worldwide. Hey, Erica. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about your job and what you oversee because you're in a really interesting spot at the moment with a lot of change, I, I imagine. But can, can we maybe just talk about what your title or what your coverage entails? And then maybe we can talk about just like the state of paid social advertising on the, all the big platforms given what's happening with what Apple and attribution and all the stuff that we've been talking about a lot in this industry. Yeah, so I um, am the lead uh, of the paid social department for Media Hub. Um, so I have a, a team across all the offices um, that I kind of uh, sit across. Um, and at, at Media Hub, our, our approach is, you know, there's a there's a paid social team assigned to each piece of business, some to multiple pieces of business. And while, you know, they work collectively as a team, they're also very closely integrated into the larger media planning team. So it's a really holistic approach to, to strategy, to audience, et cetera. We just, you know, take that and, and translate it to um, a social specific strategy, but try and look at things holistically. Of course, sometimes there's one-off social only campaigns, but having that holistic sure. approach is what we feel works best. Um, and then in terms of my, you know, my position there, so um, I'm really there to kind of <laughs> do whatever is needed. So I'm involved in a lot of new business, um, any new client onboarding, thought leadership, um, you know, staffing and employee employee management, um, any you know point of escalation. Sometimes um, for bigger you know clients or meetings, I'll be involved. Um, I'll kind of jump in if if the team's really overwhelmed. It just kind of helps you right. know help keep stuff moving forward. Um, evaluate new partners in the space. Um, you know, stay on top of whatever <laughs> whatever is happening in the industry, which you know it's changing rapidly. There's always yep. something. Um, to kind of, you know, determine if we need to have a POV on it formally or informally um, and just, you know, where the overall industry is, is going, kind of having that more macro view and helping to filter that down to kind of the individual client teams and their needs. So, well, speaking of something that's going on at the moment, um, I'm wondering if you're seeing, are you seeing a massive shakeup in terms of where dollars are flowing Given, you know, it's been the year really or more of where we're seeing the impact of Apple specifically cracking down on uh, cross-app attribution. Snap, you're seeing the earnings were rough. Um, Google had some headwinds. Meta were TBD. What are you seeing from your, where you sit? Yeah, I would say um, it, it's there hasn't been like a drastic, you know, switch like on and off where 
by any means. I think there's been some changes, and I think there's been a lot of, you know, various factors over the past year that have gotten us here. You mentioned, you know, the Apple um, opt-in with the ID with the IDFA. It's where you know most people are opt opting out. That kind of changed the the game a bit, um, especially for social media, where it is you know more app based. Um, what we're doing, so that was a yep. big change. But even before that, with the you know back to 2020, right with the pandemic. You know, marketing kind of fell off a cliff, and then we quickly saw people were spending a lot of time online. More dollars started mm -hmm. flowing into social. Social was also, um, you know, not only a place to easily reach people; it was efficient, easily to, to quickly turn on and off or pivot or whatever we needed to do. So we actually saw, um, you know, a lot more dollars flowing in there, um, and then that combined with you know consumer confidence and you know the the money that people had with. Um, to kind of spend in 2021 mm -hmm. um, continued that trend. And I think a lot of what we're seeing now with dollars pulling back or shifting or even some of the earnings reports, you know, part of that is from, you know, the Apple ATT stuff. Some of it's also just more of a kind of a level setting of the after the, the past couple of years. Uh -huh. um, and then obviously, you know, during that time as well, the last couple of years that, you know, TikTok becoming the, the player that they are in the space. <clears throat> I think it's been a while since we've seen, um, you know, a we, there's always new, you know, social platforms, right? Like I just heard someone just told me about Gas is the latest one, um, which I hadn't heard of. Until That's where you're nice to people, are, right? I think you give them compliments. Yeah, exactly. It's like compliments. Um, you know, yeah, it so, doesn't work for me. No, thank you. <laughs> there's always something that comes up, right? And we just saw TikTok really, really take off, and um, you know, that aligned with like Gen Z just having different you know, wants and needs and concern about different things from advertisers. It's just been a lot of change. But um, I would say, you know, combined, we're not, again, we're not seeing like, you know, advertisers suddenly stop spending on social. I think more there's just, there has been some shifts. Um, the Apple um, change, it seems, you know, at a macro level to have more of an impact on short-term sales versus long-term sales. So we have a lot at our, at my agency, we have a lot of like travel clients, right? So they saw less of an impact there than more than retailers might've seen, but. Because um, they're not just like hardcore DR with short purchasing windows. Yep, okay. exactly. And, you know, um, I think, you know, TikTok's definitely become more of a player at one point you know, over the last two years, it was more of like a, a test and learn, let's put dollars there. Now I think um, as we see more dollars shift there, there'll be more accountability required, right? It's not just a shiny new platform, right. let's make sure we're there, but also let's make sure we can measure it. We feel good about, you know, the return on our investment, you know, dipping our toe more into lower funnel um, um, there. But yeah, so I think we've seen, you know, some, the shifts that we have seen, um, again, are not, are not massive, not like a fall off the cliff type of thing, but and I think it's been a, a lot of different factors right. that have driven some of the shifts. Okay, so it's not like when you read about okay, Meta is predicting the, a ten billion dollar hit, right? And the DCC category all of a sudden is like in deep trouble. It's not as though you're you're across the board, your clients saying, you know, this just doesn't work anymore. We can't prove it anymore. We got to get out of here. Specifically, really Meta and stuff yep. and those guys. It's not happening. Yep, exactly. Right. No, that's not happening. And I think you know there's a finite budget at the end of the day. And now it's just, where do those dollars go? Right. Maybe there's less going towards Meta, um, which I think is a good thing, right? To have more competition in the sure. in the market and just have more options. Um, 
So, yeah, and I think, you know, the thing to remember with Meta, too, right, is I believe the last figure I saw is they have, you know, have had 10 million advertisers on their platform. Yes. Like a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, D2C companies, small D2C companies where all they do is advertise on Meta. So I think that's where the hit's coming yeah, from right. versus more of the bigger brands, um, bigger advertisers that are using, you know, Meta and other social platforms more for full funnel advertising. Um versus just like DR, DR, DR all right, day long. Right, right. So I think it, it depends on almost who you ask on what the impact has sure. been. Um, but yeah, I would say, generally speaking, I don't have a figure off the top of my head, but I would say less of the overall pie, you know, dollar budget pie is going towards um, meta or immediately going towards meta, you know, maybe it's, it still ends up being the same, but it's not as presumed as it once was, um, as we're looking at data and our audience and, and performance and all of that. So, um, but I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, more competition equals more innovation. Right. Um, We've talked about duopoly for so long and that seems like that's breaking up gradually here, which people have wanted for a while. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, you mentioned TikTok a few times, and I'm curious with from where you sit, where like obviously it's it's uh, growth has been tremendous, and it's it's sort of like captured the fascination of so many marketers and our, and our industry in general. Uh, are the dollars there? Are they coming from what you usually would typically steer, or are they coming from television or video dollars, or or and and I don't know does that does that matter? Like yeah. is it kind of both? It, it kind of depends on the advertiser and the objectives and, and all of that. I think it's a combination of more, again, when you look at the overall marketing budget, more of it continuing to shift towards digital, right? A lot of that is now, you know, either connected mm -hmm. TV or social, right? Where people are spending their time. Um, so I think at, at large, yes, more of it, you know, is shifting towards towards TikTok, when you look at social specifically, is it going TV dollars going straight into TikTok? No, not not in not most really. cases, oh, um, maybe in some. But yeah, I think, again, it's more of, you know, the overall digital budget's growing, the social budget's growing, and then from there, you know, more, or just evaluating what platforms make the most sense. Right. And again, like I just said, where whereas once, you know, the majority of that would have almost, you know, there's still thought behind it, but would have almost automatically gone to meta, now it's, yeah, you know, sure. TikTok's a big player, especially if it's a, you know, an upper funnel campaign, awareness campaign against a younger audience, right? Like they're going to, we're, we're going to put more money towards TikTok than we are towards Facebook. Sure. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's again, there, it's, it's hard to say definitively that, you know, this is the one trend that's happening. I think it's just, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it depends on, on a lot of different factors. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You, okay. What do you think, speaking of the, of TikTok and I, like it's, like I said, it's just having this incredible moment and it's, it's causing almost every company to respond in some way. And you, you've seen it, you've seen it already with, uh, the, the, the short form kind of copycats like reels on Instagram and, uh, yep. YouTube shorts. And then you're even seeing it like with Facebook changing its core products can be more about, uh, less about your friends. Even Pinterest is trying to ape some aspects of it. What do you think of that overall? Is that going to be, is that going to work? Is that what people want in all these different places is going to be dangerous level of copycat-ism yeah. going on? 
I assume all these platforms have people that are, you know, way smarter than me making these decisions that copying each other is the right one. But to me, it seems like a little short sighted. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we've seen some of that that pushback from consumers as well, right? When Instagram yeah. um, tried to push really hard in a short term video and say, we're not a fo- you know, we're not about photographs anymore. We saw, you know, I'm going to quote the Kardashians, right? But the Kardashians, they they do have a big, a big audience, right? They push back on it. There's pushback across the board. And like, I think, you know, some change will always happen and there will be always like these platforms do have to evolve, but this like race towards all being the same, just, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think focusing, it makes more sense to focus on like what they're known for, what people want to use the platform for and innovate further there versus all trying to do the same thing. So I do hope that part of the, you know, the weakening, I guess, of Meta, um, you know, they're still a huge player, but obviously their yeah. you know, the quarterly reports of, or earnings reports have been a little bit um, below the mark. But I, I do hope that that type of thing leads to more innovation. Um, and with, I'd, I'd hate to talk about this because I've been talking about it too much, but like Twitter, Elon buying it, you know, yeah. when that originally happened, um, when you get past all the drama, right? Um, there too, I hope maybe someone new coming into this space will will make some changes. You know, I, obviously as an advertiser, I, I don't love the idea of it just being a, um, you know, free for all, free speech platform, like he is quoted. I think he'll see if he wants advertising revenue that won't happen right right with no guardrails but it has been largely the same thing for a long time right but i think it'll be good if we can see some shifts right and like we've seen you know some of these other like be real right it's all about um you know about about still images right in photographs Mm -hmm. like we saw that get traction when instagram made that announcement so i think if they all keep copying each other um, maybe short term that works, but long term, I think it just leaves the door open for something new to yeah. come in and change things up. And I think there's more value in them finding what they're good at and, and you know, continuing to innovate. There's always going to be some crossover, but um, it just feels like the last, I don't know, year or two years have been just like blatant copying one another and versus finding something something new yeah. and i know and not necessarily driven by the users yeah exactly exactly it just seems like a mess but we'll see what happens so speaking of that with with tiktok it's still rather relatively early but as money flows there you you hear all the time that it, and you've heard this almost every social platform says you need to if you're going to advertise you got to make stuff that is of the platform you can't just throw up your tv ads or whatever um but that said, we've seen plenty of, well, while brands work with influencers, they do a lot of standard pre-rolls, mid-rolls on YouTube and even on like, you know, st- story ads that are video-like on Instagram and Snap. TikTok seems pretty different where you really have to do something mm-hmm. that is for TikTok. Is that, are, are you seeing that? Like, is that the only way to make it work? And, it, and is, how, how is that going to affect these are the platforms like Reels and Shorts, et cetera. You know, across the board, right, the, the best practice has always been to design for the platform or for social or for mobile, right? We've seen, um, you know, we still see sometimes brands trying to use their 30-second TV spot in, in a social feed. We know that that doesn't, it might be okay. It's, it doesn't work as well. Um, so I think there will always right. be value in creating for the platform and you know with with TikTok especially it's you know it's about 
it being a little less polished, a little more authentic. Um, I think that does work best, but I know at the same time, it's not always feasible to have, you know, 15 new TikToks every, every 30 days to rotate in or whatever, you know, I think, I think we have to find right. that balance, but I do think, um, you know, speak, speaking, I guess, on, on behalf of like, just what I've seen with creative agencies and even advertisers and clients, like, I think it's been hard for a lot of them to kind of let go of some of that, you know, polish and and you know looking at every single frame and making sure it's perfect and letting yeah, it happen it's a it's a business of control yeah, exactly for so long, right it's really so i think giving that up is hard um i think you know it is beneficial to brands to tap into to to look at content versus just look at ads right and and what can they use that mm -hmm you know, still gets across their message and their product, but is a, is a mix of content. So while they may have some of those highly polished spots, there's also, you know, stuff that is more, you know, about a moment or capturing, you know, something aligning with something with pop culture. There's obviously a line to that that gets crossed way too much and does not feel authentic, but um, sure, having sure. that flexibility to capitalize on like what's happening um, in culture and having a mix of create you know creator content finding people that are already talking about your brand and love your brand and have you know work with them to create content um while also having you know some of that more highly polished stuff or just more um kind of quick takes that we're using and just looking at content a little bit differently um than we have in the past i think we're getting there um but i think you know i, yeah. I definitely recognize it's hard for for all brands to do that. Um, and I think it's just going to continue to, you know, as, as social continues to, you know, be a big part of the pie, it's just figuring out the right mix. Um, so that it's, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze to, to create all these different types of spots. But I think right, as long as right. they're, you know, realizing they don't have to be perfect, we don't have to spend six months making a, you know, a, a 15 second, like video for reels or for TikTok, then that will um, help to kind of open right. that up a little that, bit. That's actually almost an antithesis of what you're trying yeah. to do there, what, what yeah. people like about those platforms. Exactly. Speaking of TikTok and this area, it's, it, it, it's got this era, like brands are, it's, it's kind of like an era of mystery to it almost. How, the algorithm shows you stuff you like and brands don't, you don't even, no one has the same feed and it's hard for brands to even know what's going on there. I, it makes me think of the, you know, what's gone on a few years ago. YouTube had the same sense and brand safety really blew up, blew up there and there were boycotts and eventually they really figured it out. And it seemed to be like the, the industry had sort of settled in on how it was going to handle brand safety and suitability. But now it's coming back again with um, Meta's being pushed to kind of make sure that brands yep. know exactly what they're running next to. TikTok is facing this like we're. What's what's driving this again? Why is this coming up as such a big issue once again? Yeah, I mean, I know Twitter had some issues recently with, you know, unsavory, unsavory content um, that advertisers were appearing against. You know, it was really limited, the impressions, but still, you know, shouldn't have happened. Um, my POV on it has always kind of been there's an inherent level of risk on any programmatic type of buy, right, where you're buying an audience and you, you know, don't aren't a hundred percent, you're not buying a specific spot, um, or, you know, a specific square basically. So there's, there's always going to be, you know, even with every brand safety lever in place or pulled, there's always going to be some level of, of risk of, of appearing next to something that, um, maybe you wouldn't have, have wanted to. So I think, 
no matter what is put in place that will always exist, there has to be some level of understanding, you know, if it's, if it's too controlled, then it kind of defeats the purpose of um, the, the free flow, you know, UGC, customized feeds, nature of social media, right? Um, but I think between Twitter, you know, what happened on Twitter, even this more recently um, than the YouTube thing you mentioned, but with Facebook over, um, you know, the summer of 2020 and just some of the involvement they've had, sure. if, you know, like... You know, whether it's racist content or anti-Semitism content, obviously, um, most recently it's been talked about to death, but like the Kanye West stuff, you know, he's gotten kicked off of Twitter and, and Instagram yep. on and off. I think that kind of will always bring it back into the into the mix. So I think, um, you know, I, do, I would hope we can come up with technology to better to better source this stuff ahead of time, figure out what is unsavory, not serve apps next to it, not even just that, but like make sure we're, you're not letting this stuff be a lot, be, be, you know, live on the internet, right? You would think it comes up, but it just seems no matter how much, what the platforms do, there's always bad actors that, that get around it um, in some way, shape or form. So I think continuing to evolve, you know, brand safety technology and, and, putting some standards in place is important, but I do think there's a point of like over, over sanitizing it that, um, you know, we want to try to avoid for most mm. places. Cause then you just stops kind of, you stop reaching your consumer. But I think, you know, the broader, um, like ensuring you're not, you know, it's like high, medium and, and low risk, right? Like that type of thing, making sure you're not next to like anything that would be deemed automatically unsavory for any advertiser. I think those, um, those are, are good to have. Hopefully we can continue to see development there, um, maybe have a little bit more control over what you're showing against, et cetera. But again, I think if we get too um, prescriptive or like my ad can only show if it's, you know, flowers and puppies content, then obviously I'm being extreme, but then you just, you're limiting the, the opportunity right. and the way the platform works and it's, it's almost over-engineered. But, um, but, you know, that said, I still think there's a ways to go between where we are now um, and it going, you know, getting to a tipping point where it stops, stops working. Um, you know, it, it, it would seem that someone would have come up with something that can automatically determine if something is unsafe <laughs> and, and better flag it. But we see time and time again, whether it's on YouTube or Twitter or TikTok or or Facebook or whatever, that, you know, it, the the solutions they have are never 100 percent. So I think understanding that there is always going to be some level of risk, again, in any kind of you know, when you're not buying a specific placement, um, get specific yeah. content. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. Like you make an interesting point. Like that is your, it's almost part of the ride. It's a push and pull between letting go of your creative, letting go of where the, the many advertisers have come up and they've been accustomed to, I want to know exactly where my ad's going to run. It's going to be in the second yeah. pod of, you know, t Tuesday night's Frasier or whatever. I don't know why I'm saying Frasier, but, uh, and even if you came up through programmatic, you, you saw this happen yeah. where all of a sudden the actual, um, the verification companies came along and said, we're going to keep you off hate sites or anything crazy. Um, and it, there was a, at least a, it was sold as you would have kind of absolute control. And I, I wonder if, if it, it, it's different if you're an advertiser that came up through different channels, the way that you yeah. view social media and this, this, this desire to know exactly where my ad's going to run, what kind of stuff it's going to be next to at any given moment. Yeah. I would, I would say that that definitely plays a part into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like my, by, background is more you know I came up through search and then was more broader digital media heavy heavily programmatic and I think um 
some issue did mm-hmm. arise and I think at the time it was like I can't even remember but like really extreme right-wing content right and running uh, running on those sites there was a list of sites that came up and they were ended up yeah. being blocked but yeah say even then the, the POV you know was like we can pull these levers use all these tools but there still is some level of risk if you're running programmatically that you might you might um encounter and again like whether it's you know display or video programmatic or social, which we're buying, when I say programmatic, right, buying more of an audience than a placement, um, your your audience is is there, right? So like, well, especially in, in social feeds, like, yeah, their social feed might look different than you. Again, I think we don't want to be next to completely unsavory content. There's definitely um, a need for brand safety, um, but there's also a lot of, um, you know, it could be a little bit subjective of, of what is right for our brand. And sure. and I do think, too, it's in social feeds, I think I've seen a couple um, studies about this um, within the last like couple of years or so, but that consumers seem to generally understand that content adjacency with brands and ads on social media is not an endorsement of said content, right? Especially like a lot of it's on mobile. You're only seeing that one you know, screen at one time uh, or one slide um, of the screen. So it it seems like that's generally understood. But at the same time, I still think, you know, we want to, the technology can improve or should improve. So there is a little bit more control, a little bit more customization um, without um, making it, you know, too sterile, uh, basically, to kind of, uh, you know, make it not feel authentic to, to the platform. What about this is we were we were we're getting close to midterms. Um, 2024 is going to be an area where it's going to be just intense interest in usage of these platforms. Do you do you think brands worry about it's one thing to be next to unsavory, like we've mentioned, and stuff that you really do not want to be associated with. Do they look at misinformation, which is super subjective mm. and will people have different definitions of it? Is that something they are deeply worried about? being seen as supporting or being aligned with? Yeah, I mean... Or something they just can't control right now? Where are they on that? Yeah, I think it depends on the the information, right? Like, again, even going back to mm-hmm. summer 2020 and a lot of the, you know, hate speech that was on the platforms, um, you know, where Facebook did... There was a boycott with Facebook, right? They did try and... Um, make some changes. Some would argue it's it's not enough, but again, I think it is really subjective when you come to misinformation. But I think there is a, pr- a pretty clear line if it's misinformation plus you know whatever extremist content. That's like a hard no. But again, I think misinformation can be a bit subjective. And again, like you're you know everyone's feed looks a little bit different. It's based on what you are engaging with. So um, your consumer's yeah. feed might. You have a lot of, and we know, unfortunately, a lot of misinformation starts or is fueled by social media, right? So I think avoiding it entirely is next yeah. to impossible. Um, but again, I think as long as, yeah. for the most, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, as long as brands are not next to sure. truly like, you know, misinformation or not, that's just, you know, very unsavory content, whether it's, you know, homophobic or hate speech or, what sexist what racist whatever you know there's unfortunately laundry list that we can go through um but yeah i think i don't see i don't know if i see a world where we can control misinformation entirely considering you know i don't want to get political but like there's entire quote-unquote news networks that you know are fueling a lot of it or making a lot of money off of 
Maybe not misinformation, yeah. but not the clearest information. S- some big, uh, some big figures uh, are you know yeah. kind of make their careers on it. Exactly. These days. Yeah, it, it is really difficult. Um, what about? I know this is a this is a rather broad question, but what with the state? What's the state of working with influencers these days? Seemingly more important than ever to Gen Z, particularly. Um, there, it's such a hard area. It, it, so, it changes all the time. Who matters aside from the giants like a Mr. Beast? Is there? Have you figured out a way? And it might depend on each platform that you can find th- these folks and vet them in. Um, that it approaches, it's never going to be like programmatic, but it's a little bit more of a scientific approach, or is it still going to be very person by person, platform by platform? Yeah, I think it depends. Honestly, like influencer is, a, you know, a wide descriptor, right? And there's a lot of different ways that brands approach it sure. and like who owns what in the in the media game, right? From my point of view, um, we do work with some, you know, some influencer networks or partners and part of their you know, they handle more of the vetting and kind of they have their own algorithm that helps surfaces um, some of the relevant people, you know, or you can work directly with the platforms. I think right now it still is pretty um, case by case and and how we work with influencers will continue to evolve and change. And I think it, it will always continue to evolve because I think if, you know, there's different approaches, right? You can have kind of ongoing deep partnerships that you're, you know, you're working with them year over year when you have new products type of thing or you do more of like a mass reach across a lot of influencers i think again especially on social you're trying to um you know balance like reach and your marketing objectives with with um with feeling authentic to your audience so i think it's kind of a fine line Mm -hmm. you know when when you see influencers like constantly posting stuff with brands they stop being quite as efficient right or when you see um there's a wear out effect a wear out effect yeah or when you see you know every influencer or creator you follow post about the same thing like yes that gives you mass reach but you know there's definitely a tipping point of does that feel authentic or not so i think it's gonna it takes away from that authenticity you're going yeah for. exactly yeah. which isn't always a bad thing right you're still getting your brand out there it's from a credible source but i think that credibility is almost you know some of it's almost on the influencer to manage to make sure they are not overly promoting products and then um on the advertiser you know to continue sure. to evaluate your strategy and continue growing it i think We'll continue seeing it more and more. I think the definition of influencer can be really broad, right? It can be up to, you know, this uh, a Kardashian level celebrity or people that have really cultivated a following, a huge following on social platforms or on YouTube. Or now, you know, it can be just kind of like the micro or, or nano influencers that have, you know, a few thousand people. Um, and again, that's, you know, you have to work with more to make that work harder. But it's still... Um, I think it's still just an evolving area and I think it's um, will continue to evolve and there's no really one way to approach it. And I think, you know, there's just um, some additional factors that when you're evaluating who you're working with and, and what your strategy is, that has to be considered. So if, so the channel continues working harder for you and you're not just yep. using it as like an expensive impression basically. Right. And sometimes that might work, but I think the, the sure. quality and the and the credibility is really what you're going after. So trying to maintain that with your relationships is important. Erica, I'll, I'll close on this. Um, I, I've been talking a lot recently. We, or the, it's been a big topic in the industry about how television is going through this um, 
reexamination of measurement because everything's because of the growth of cross-platform viewing and the the old metrics are not cutting anymore and they're trying to figure out all these new tactics and they don't they, I think every, I think brands would love to connect what they're doing there with social video and social platforms and influencers what you're describing sounds very hard to plug into any of these newer metrics tools or platforms and to, to come up to so brands can actually have control and understand of what they're doing and how often they're reaching people yeah how would you grade the, the the connecting of the dots between social and TV and all these other platforms right now um, seems like a massive challenge. Yeah, I think it's a massive challenge. <laughs> I think if um, I had figured out the way to to do that and measure across every platform, I, I wouldn't we wouldn't be sitting here on this conversation. Hmm. I'd be like on my yacht somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think it's still a huge challenge, yeah. right? Whether it's connecting TV and social media or just, you know, social media and, and everything else with the walled gardens and and all of that, you think, you know, there is no sure. silver bullet for measurement. It's a lot of, it's taking, you know, multiple tools, multiple pieces of a story and trying to fit it together to to tell a story and, and read into the data. Um, I think, you know, now we have a little bit more time, but I think with cookies going away, um, that's a little bit accelerated on, those, on the social platforms with the Apple um, mm-hmm. transparency stuff, the IDFA opt-out stuff, you know, and then... And, and yep. the social platforms being more app focused, but you know we're moving towards more right now already. It's a lot of a lot of data is modeled. We're moving towards more of that, right? So I think you know because there is no one way to measure everything. It's more piecing together. I think it's important to focus on 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 trends um, in data versus like you know only focusing on really specific data points or slight changes because a lot of that is modeled anyways. Not that the modeling is bad, but it's it's taking a kind of more holistic yeah. view um, since there really isn't a, a great way to measure even, you know, cross-channel, cross-platform, cross you know, reach and frequency, right? It's all kind of piled together. So it'll be interesting to see how things yeah. evolve, especially with, right. you know, cookies going away and some of that granularity we're used to on from targeting and measurement um, on in digital media, in social um you know, getting getting less granular. Um, I think in the long run, you know, it'll be it'll be a good yeah. thing. We'll con- we'll continue to evolve, and I look at it as like what comes next versus what is a replacement for you know what we've had in the past. Right. We're gonna have to. We're kind of having to get past this idea that everything is going to be precise and one to one, and it's it's gonna be an yep. era of modeling and signals and yep, com- complex complex use of data science rather than just like I know exactly where everything's happening in every moment. Um, which is going to be interesting to see how we all, we all adjust. Erica, thank you for a terrific conversation. This is awesome. Yep. Thanks so much thank for your time. You. Hopefully we'll talk again here. Great. A big thank you to my guests this week, Erica Patrick, SVP and Director of Paid Social Media at Media Hub, and my partners at Zephyr. If you like this week's episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing.